Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is Colin Drew with your sneak peek at next week, episode number 668. For comics originally releasing September the 14th and September the 15th. But before Drew and I get into what's coming up in your local comic book shops this coming week, do we got anything else to go through, Drew? Any news in the comic book world? Or do we just want to jump in and see what we can find? Well, we got a little bit of feedback from... Uh... Uh, John Abel, who says, great episode this week, Kyle and Drew. It was a little disconcerting how much you seemed uh, to be in the, in such a good mood for the evil episode. But once <laughs> I got past that, I really enjoyed it. We did really kind of lean into that 666 yeah. episode, didn't we? Well, you, you surprised me with it because originally I thought we were going to post something different and the 666 was going to skip us. And then you're like, no, I saved it for you. And I was like... Oh, and then you're like, and we have a theme, and I was like, oh, so I just had to roll with the bunches. <laughs> yeah, roll with the devils and the demons. That's right. <laughs> and our good, good friend and patron of the show, Adam Pastry, has his new uh, slab giveaway ready to go. Ooh. And so these are the books that are in the newest Patreon slab giveaway: uh, Deceased Dead Planet Six. The Oliver uh, variant cover. The Joker, number one. Uh, Future State Wonder Woman, number one. Catwoman, number nine. The Art Germ cover. Mm. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 21. Uh, the Black Cat variant. Uh, Fantastic Four Road Trip, number one. The Del Mundo variant. Marauders, number three. The Marvel Comics uh, variant edition. Uh, Demon Days X-Men number one, Haha ha number one from Image, and ah. Green Lantern number one. Or, no, I'm sorry, the Green Lantern number nine. So, how this works is uh, you're a Patreon and you are automatically entered. So, you, if, if you're a patron of our show, you go to Patreon and become a patron of our show, uh, then you are automatically entered in the quarterly slab contest. Uh, we've been doing this for a while. Adam's been very gracious, giving away multiple slabs already of these great 9.8 CGC comics. Um, I just gave you the list. I'll get uh, he'll send photos of, uh, of those next week, and we'll um, post those uh, to our social media. Um, but a heck of a heck of a if you win, you get randomly selected, and you get to pick one of those uh, out of that list. And, and good old Adam will actually mail it to you for free. Um, unless you're, like, international. Then you're going to have to chip in um, on on shipping. Because uh, <laughs> we, did, we did have a Canadian winner uh, one, one of the quarters previous. So, uh, but I, don't, I think Adam might have just taken care of that. I can't remember. I think he might have just taken care of that. But anyway, so there's tons of stuff there. And that's not the only reason to, to go to our Patreon. So that's our Patreon at Comics Fun Profit. Um, you just search Comics Fun Profit and get there, or go to patreon.com slash Comics Fun Profit to get there. Um, but there are exclusive review shows, um, uh, interview shows on there, early access to some interview shows, some that you only get uh, on the Patreon channel. Um, you get access and invited to our private Slack channel where we do uh, chat uh, all day, every day, about various comics and pop culture topics. And um, get to interact that way. We give away swag. We have many contests like the one I just talked about. 
Um, and now you get exclusive access to Drew's comic project, where I Ooh. share panels, pages, um, process stuff about the comic that I'm working on. Um, and that might be good if you like that stuff, or it might be awful because you're like, oh, I don't want to see Drew's comic. But you get it anyway. <laughs> it's part of that. And if it, it turns out to be um, uh, there be any demand, uh, we can also do signed and remarked original prints of, of some of those comic pages um, down the road. Um, so we're, we're opening up new stuff all the time. Um, you're hearing great interviews by Jason because of uh, the patrons and uh, you get them all. All those inter interviews are here first, sometimes for weeks and months uh, before they get released on the regular channel. And we still do exclusive review shows and other exclusive things only for Patreon. So please be a, be a patron, a patron at any level and get entered in this contest and support us, uh, show your support for us. We appreciate that, and um, uh, hopefully that's enough information. I think I yeah. I shared plenty there. Uh, but now let's slide on over and let's talk Marvel previews. And September the first one that's going to be all no, it's October that's going to be all publisher uh, Penguin Random House, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, so this is the last duel. Penguin Random House slash Diamond, I think. Mm -hmm. I think. Okay. And of course, previews is our attempt to crawl through things, look at a few things coming out. This one, of course, is September for November releases. Uh, just try to talk a few things out, give people a heads up on what our thought processes are on the, the new items coming up, get us excited about the future of comics and what's coming going on, and uh, maybe change our mind on a few uh, FOCs for the current future if we see some stuff in the not too distant future that we really want to see so let's start at the top of the marvel previews and it's time for hulk number one donny cates yeah not immortal hulk yeah just hulk just hulk just hulk him and ryan otley is that right yep and um you're looking at, are you looking at the pages i am it looks good yeah, i like sweet. ryan otley art yeah, it's pretty darn good. Um, did did you read a lot of Immortal Hulk? No, I dipped in for crazy episodes where crazy stuff was going on, and then I jumped away until the next crazy thing. But you didn't. You, but, so, so you don't. I I I dropped off like a like in the teens, I think, and it went to fifty. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, like I jumped in 450, and then there was the one that we there was supposed to be something crazy and cosmic going on. I jumped in for that one, you know. So I, I tried to hit, do the hits. Yeah. Um, looking at this Hulk number one, you give P Peach Momoko a bunch of crap, and you're not you're not a fan. But like this Peach Momoko variant for Hulk is just really really cool. With the, I like with, that. With, with Hulk grabbing a star. Hulk with the star and the little girl beside him and just the stylized Seriously? nature of it. I think that's super cool. I like that kind of thing. I mean, how many times can you see the dude punch the ground or leap up? Or Every look time. Look at his purple shorts. <laughs> okay, never mind. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not talking to the right guy here. But uh, I like that Peach Momoko. Yeah. And we don't. We also you also slid by, and maybe this will be later when we talk about the giant size black cat. 
um, number one. So I just, um, with uh, Jed McKay and C.F. Bella. That was the page before we got into the Hulk stuff. Oh, there was a page before that? I see Hulk. It could have been Hulk. the interior cover page, because I'm looking at a digital copy of previews. So. Gotcha. gotcha. It, there might be a full blurb on this later. Thanks for shouting out the ads. Yeah. <laughs> Venom restarting. We're talking Venom number two here. Uh, Ram V on the writing. Brian Hitch on the art. Big shoes to fill with that. Mm-hmm. Nobody asked for it, but they're giving it to us anyways. Uh, the Thing, number one of a six-issue series. Oh, I think a lot of people like The Thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. I used to love 2-in-1. Remember Marvel 2-in-1 with him? I and, do remember Marvel 2-in-1. And then Team Up. Well, it's like Spidey and somebody, but 2-in-1 was Thing and somebody. That was mm-hmm. Those were awesome. Big fan. Big fan. All right. So yeah. you will be into this... Yeah. Six issue series. Probably. Who's doing it? Uh, Walter Mosley. The famous Walter Mosley. The that famous I've Walter Mosley. Never heard and of. Tom Riley on art. Yeah, okay. So, not a superstar team. Mm-mm. Maybe. Maybe somebody's going to reach out and say, hey, dummy, Walt Mosley did this and this and this. But, uh,. I don't, I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm going to guess by the name Walter. He's an older artist from back in the day. You think? I, 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 I've not met too many Walters in their in their 20s and 30s. Really? I'm just I'm going out on a I, I know there. a lot of Walts. Yeah? So, What's your youngest Walt? Uh, he's in his 40s. There we go. Moving on. Yeah, you're right. Is that Speaking old? Of, so 40s is old? Oh, man. I'm, I'm 40. <laughs> I just turned it. Uh, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop is back. Uh, Marike Nijkamp on writing. I'm going to continue to call her Ninja Camp because I like it better. I like that. Um, yeah. And Enid Balam on art. So, again, another team that I'm not as familiar with. We're not going superstar team here. But I do love me some Kate, and hopefully this will... Lead into the Disney Plus show. So we're we just getting people that uh, didn't get a Substack offer. <laughs> that's yeah, all that's exactly. left. That's all exactly. that's left to do these these books. Yeah. So Kate's heading home. I do like the second cover. Pretty, not too shabby. Um, not too bad. No, not too bad. Amazing Spider-Man seventy-eight. Kelly Thompson writing those. Ben Riley's second real outing as Spider-Man pits him against Morbius, and it does not go well. That may have been a spoiler. I apologize. Yeah. So do we determine then that they're going to just alternate arcs? So the three or four writers that they have on Amazing are just each going to take an arc? They're not... Or are they... Oh, wait. Who's this Beyond Board? What's this Beyond Board thing in here? So there's X. What's, what's I'm, that? I'm getting into that. I'm going to get into that. Right now we were talking about 78. And we'll get okay. into Beyond here in a moment. Okay, okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to get my mind around who's who's actually writing Amazing. It's like Kelly Thompson isn't the writer. She's a writer on it, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Sure. 
Um, we also have on these, we've got Deadpool's 30th anniversary variants continuing together, Rob Liefeld. We also are starting in with the Miles Morales 10th anniversary variants, like Declan Shelby is doing that one on Amazing. So those, there's, again, some of those are going to pop. Um, the, uh, the Miles Morales with the, uh, the turntables one's just starting to pop already. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to have to keep an eye on every friggin' one of those Miles variants because some of them are going to go bang. Yeah. So in the same vein as that, we have 78.bey, which is the Beyond version of 78. So I'm assuming that's the new uh, event. Yeah, okay. So uh, we're going to do the dot bays on things. Because we also have, oh, we have 70, we don't have a 79.bey. No, and then now we have Cody Ziegler writing this, mm-hmm. and then eighty. We have 80s. We have, he's saying, writing he's eighty as 80. well. So, so the Kelly Thompson era is over, and now it's Cody Ziegler taking over. Uh, mm-hmm. the and we get three uh, ASMs in the month of November. I think I heard had read written that read that somewhere that it was going to go. You wrote to, those. Congratulations. It was going to be thrice thrice monthly or something like that. And I don't know for how long. That's a lot, though. That's a lot of Spidey. Yeah. 100%. But it looks like all of the Spider-Mans from the original 78 through the 78.bay through 79 and 80 are all marked beyond whatever that Event, uh, is. event is that I yeah. forgot to look into. Yeah, gotcha. So how convenient that Avengers fifty lines up with Legacy seven fifty for Avengers. Shock, shocking, isn't it? I mean, what are the chances mm-hmm. that those numbers sync up like that? I'm, I mean, it's almost like they just made it up and nobody can check. Witness the jaw-dropping conclusion of World War She-Hulk, learn the true purpose of the prehistoric Avengers, uncover the so- shocking secrets of the Iron Inquisitor, beyond the most powerful collection of super psychopaths that any Earth has ever seen, plus a bonus story featuring Thor by Christopher Ruccio and Steve McNiven, but Jason Aaron's writing all that other stuff. Yeah, yep. With Chris Marocino. Then we get a Captain America Iron Man book, a five issue miniseries by Derek Landy and Angel Unzieta with a Alex Ross cover, which will be nice, I'm sure. So we've come a long way from Civil War. They're friends again. Yeah. Yeah. They're not showing that Alex Ross cover, are they? Uh, I assume that's it down one page. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's the giant size black cat, Infinity Score number one from Jed McKay. With some cool covers. Yep. Sia Villa on art in the middle. Uh, your cover A is Pepe Larraz. And some other really good covers as well. Death of Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. Jed McKay had talked about that when on the interview that Jason did earlier, that he'll be doing that book. And uh, 
here it is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Some different... <laughs> Death of Doctor Strange. Okay, Spider-Man number one, and then Strange number three of the five. Gotcha. Definitely different tones from those <laughs> two different paths for Death of Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize there were going to be a little spin-off things like that. All right, Drew, tell me about White Fox number one, Death of Doctor Strange. Who is White Fox? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Ami Han is the last of the mystical shape-shifting Kamihos. As the White Fox, she's defended Earth from every threat and proven herself again and again alongside the agents of Atlas and Tiger Division, but the death of Doctor Strange will test her like never before. Cool looking character that I don't know much about. Did we go over her before? It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah, I still I still don't remember. So awesome. Hmm. Then we're gonna go Inferno. The third of four. We've got Phoenix Song Echo, two of five. <coughs> We're going to get Marvel's Voices, Indigenous Voices, number one, the all new 2021. Uh, indigenous Voices, that is different than some of the previous voices that we got, mm -hmm. I guess. So. Yeah, Marvel Voices, we had the LGBTQ, we had the uh, Pacific Islander, and now we're having Indigenous Voices. Gotcha. Well, of which we can list two. Rebecca Roanhorse and Nyla Inuksuk. And then every, everybody else will come up with later. Yeah. All TBA. Oh, we're going to bring um, Mark Russell into the fold for Marvel and write Dark Hold, Black Bolt number one. Um, we like that one Black Bolt series not so long ago. Was that, that was Solid and an Ahmed, I think, that did that. That, that sounds right, yeah. That kind of put him on the map, and then I didn't like anything he did after that, but <laughs> I really liked that. But of our, of the Inhumans, you know, he's up there. Oh, yeah, Black, Black Bolt's my favorite. And then when Jordy Blair takes a crack at Wasp number one, Darkhold Wasp number one, that'd be interesting. Introducing the irredeemable Wasp. Does that mean she didn't exist before? Or just as as irredeemable she didn't exist before? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Wasp's been around for a while. Yeah, it's Jenna Van Dyne, Hank Pym's. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so. That all makes sense. Black Panther Legends, number two of a four-issue series, continuing. And we're going to relaunch Black Panther, this time with John Ridley and Juan Cabal. Um, new creative team, new direction. The Long Shadow starts here. John Ridley is the is he the one that did that Batman book over and during Future State? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. 
We get Defenders four, Darkhawk four, Dark Ages three. I read the first issue of Dark Ages. Of course, it's great. Really shockingly, great. Tom Taylor can weave up tail. Really good stuff. Kazar, Kang the Conqueror four or five. A lot of penultimate stuff here too. Really good Moon Knight number five cover. Dang. Yeah, that's Arthur, Arthur Adams with the B. And we got TBA doing another variant cover as well. So we got at least three. Moon Knight's hidden enemy is revealed, but revealed is not the same as caught, and he soon finds masks. Beneath masks, as he hunts his way after his new nemesis. At the same time, Dr. Andre Sturman pierces Moon Knight's own mask, and for the first time gets some honest answers. So, do we have a new enemy here, or do we think we're recycling somebody? Uh, I don't know, Jason just showed us something on the Slack, um, a new villain. Uh, that was. I think that's going to be an issue three. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's more about him or another another new enemy. Enemy. Gotcha. Should be interesting as well. Eternals number seven. <coughs> Excuse me. Karen Gillan doing that. I didn't realize he was doing that. I don't think. Yeah. Maybe I did. Been. <laughs> had seven issues, so I must have. <laughs> uh, the end of Deadpool Blood, Black, White, and Blood, the fourth issue there. Kurt Busiek's Marvels as its seventh issue. X-Force Killshot Anniversary Special number one. With not one, but two, three, four, five, six, seven lifefold variants. One for every pocket they'll have. Wow, that's that's a lot of lot of X Force. Yeah, it's a lot of X Force. It looks like we're going to be connecting variants with each person having their own. Be it Deadpool, this person, dude with X on face, Carnage guy, Domino or Cable. <laughs> A lot of covers. Yeah, a lot of dope covers. And we also have a J. Scott Campbell, uh, Francis Yu, another Liefeld. So Liefeld actually has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Liefeld is only doing nine covers for Killshot Anniversary Special. He's le he's left three for other people. It all looks pretty good, though. I like them all. It really does. <laughs> they all look too. really nice. <laughs> I do, too. Man. Yeah, that's good stuff. Al Hewing on Sword. It's 10th issue. Seb Weld's doing Hellion 17. What's this? The Trial of Magneto. Fourth of five. That's that Leia Williams doing that. Double, double, troil and trouble. A one divided cannot stand. But there are many other things she can do. Chaos comes to Krakoa. X-Men 5 with a Native American Heritage Month variant by Maria Wolf. They really lean into all these theme months. Mm -hmm. They really do. 
That is the creepiest New Mutants cover I've ever seen in my life. That may be something you have to have just because it's nightmare fuel. Is that Cabbage Patch Dolls pretty much? Just red-eyed and nightmarish? <laughs> yeah, that's really, really creepy. Who's doing that? Martin Simons. Uh, yeah. That's crazy, man. Those are the Shadow Children. Is that what they look like? They said they didn't make them dolls? They're legit dolls? They said Fall of the Shadow Children is the name of the thing. So. All right. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Moving on. Uh, yeah. It's scary. Yeah. X-Men 5 by Jerry Duggan. Enter Dr. Stasis. The X-Men's new nemesis finally makes himself known to them, bringing his creations to bear. Mutants may have conquered death, but their foes are all too living. That's a wicked-looking dude, if that's yeah. right. Yeah. If you if you slide down to the X Men Legends number nine on page uh, fifty one, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's got that classic. The the reflection off of the yeah yeah off of the claws yeah which is like a iconic look but mm-hmm. does it look like Wolverine has two pupils in his eye? Maybe. <laughs> Cannot see that. That is a. I don't know. There's a lot of difficulty with that, those covers. I think. Yeah, I think that's going to be well. If they fix the eye problem, I think that's going to be well sought after. Uh, cover it. I think people are going to like that. We have a Fantastic Four anniversary tribute. Stanley and Jack Kirby. Um. And 97 other people. Yeah. Yeah. 60 years ago, Stanley and Jack Kirby made history and brought about the beginning of the Marvel Ages of Comics with the release of Fantastic Four number one. Now, a bevy of Marvel's finest creators pay tribute to that monumental moment by uh, reinterpreting page by page the story from that inaugural release as well as Fantastic Four annual number three in which the entirety of the Marvel Universe attended the wedding of Reed Richards and Sue Storm. Whether these are stories you've never read before or tales you are intimately familiar with, this is the perfect way to experience them now. 56 pages and they're only asking 7 bucks. That's Marvel using restraint and I'm impressed. Dan Slot with Fantastic Four 38. That is a cool looking Stormbreakers variant cover by Natchu Bustos. Or is that how you spell Natasha? Natasha. Where you at? I am on page 54 of the digital or 53 of the physical. And we have the variant there in the. Oh, okay. yeah. gotcha. Oh, it is very nice. Yeah. Amazing Fantasy number five, the end of that series. Kari Andrews writing art and cover with an extra cover by Greg Ticino. Iron Man 14, the birth of cosmic Iron Man. Yeah, that's Alex Ross, right? Yeah, 
cover by Alex Ross and a wicked looking cosmic Iron Man. So. Yeah. Black Widow 13, good looking cover there uh, by Adam Hughes and the Peach Momoko is kind of neat too. The finale of Winter Guard, number four of that four issue series by Ryan Cady. Checkmate, the final issue. Shang-Chi, number six. Shang-Chi versus Thor. Okay, what is, I'm going to do the ratings <laughs> on Genesvel Marvel Tales number one. Yeah, like what is what is that? Meet the son of the greatest warrior the galaxy has ever known as we celebrate the legacy of the House of Ideas with Marvel Tales. This anthology series shines a spotlight on a fan favorite character featuring timeless stories and highlights some of the Marvel's most impressive talent from the past eight decades. Blah, blah, blah. Spawned in a test tube, Janice Vell now struggles to fill the boots of his late father, Marvel. Ah, the original Kree Captain Marvel. Gotcha. And then when you get down this, to... Yeah, I was going to say, this is uh, redoing some of the Captain Marvel from 2000, the 0 through 3, and blah, 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 and a few other things. Yeah. And if you take a look at page 65... Um, Daredevil is this Daredevil's final issue. Uh, so Daredevil thirty six is Chip Zdarsky's last last one for a while. Oh, okay. um, I thought he had said something about this not being true that he is co- going to be relaunching it later, but or he wasn't allowed to talk about it or something. We'll see. Um, but if you remember the Mark Wade uh, Chris Samney run was thirty six issues. Oh wow! So. Um, it was a heck of a run, so I'm hoping this is um, as well thought of. We have both Daredevils on the cover there, so that is pretty cool. And it's an oversized 40-pager. For disc 5 Warhammer bucks. 4K. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Marvel can't beat it. You can, but... Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Aliens 8, uh, look at that e- Yvonne Chauvrin cover there in the bottom right. Yeah. Just an old lady face-huggered. Yeah, That's right? awesome. That's pretty great. That's, yeah. That, uh, I want that. I'm sure it's 1 in 50. Yeah, sure, probably right. That's pretty cool looking, though. Yeah. Just got an old lady just getting, that's awesome. Kyle, it's uh, Star Wars corner time, so just uh, let me know what, what piques your fancy. Star Wars High Republic Trial of the Shadows, number two of a five-issue series. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yep, I'm, I mean, these are all unfortunately characters I don't know a ton about, so we just got to chill with. So you're not a you're good not looking current, cover on High Republic Eleven. You're not current uh, on um, uh, Bounty Hunters. Trial of Shadows. No, I see that's what I was looking at, and I don't, you know, I'm not there yet. Okay, I got uh, High Republic Eleven. That's pretty cool. Hunt for Lorna Day or Lorna Day, Lorna D. 
That's pretty cool. So many names I don't know. Stellan Geos, Cleve Trennis, Skir. I don't know who these people are. <laughs> like, are these are these characters going to stick? Do you think? Yeah, High Republic's always going to be something pretty cool. I mean, we're just we're we're a hundred years in the past, so you know the people you know and, and love aren't there. So we just got all new people. But you know, just a hundred names. I knew it. I can't remember. I know Old Republic for me is was two thousand. I think this was four hundred years if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. Past. I mean, I don't think I don't even find these books accessible anymore. I mean, because yeah. you walk in and you've got all these different Star Wars books, and mm -hmm. um, so you love Star Wars. You walk into the comic shop. You've got all these different. Well, this one takes place that this one's in between these two movies. This one's here. This one is. Uh, I don't. I don't find that accessible at all. I would. I would think that was, that would be a big turnoff for people. I mean, you can only tell the same story so many times, so you kind of gotta move the timeline a little bit if you want to talk about things. Yeah. I mean, but like on this regular, the regular Star Wars run, like Star Wars 19, I mean, you got Luke. So, I mean, you're still able to do all kinds of stuff there if you want to be a little more traditional. Uh, Star Wars Life Day, number one. Um, so, that's that's uh, Christmas. What is it? Uh, so, Life Day in uh, Star Wars lore is, I believe, Christmas. So... This is their Christmas special, Star Wars Life Day number one here. Oh, uh, okay. We, we got our old Han Solo and Chewbacca. Okay. Now, why did I not know that? Where, where was Life Day? Where is that in canon? Uh, they've talked about it multiple times. It through the through the movies. Uh, yes. Wow. So I just don't pay attention. I don't comprehend things. That's what it is. And then in Afra, which Afra is when? When does Afra take place? Before before the new trilogy and after Jedi? Yeah, before that because it, you know, it deals with Vader before the end stuff. So Life Day is an annual oh, holiday no. celebrated. So it's before Wookiee. Jedi then. Yeah. Afra is before Jedi? Okay. Cause, cause, no, it's it's after the original trilogy, but before the the new trilogy. Well, there's no Vader then. Oh yeah, can't be Vader. Because there's that's the murder droids, right? Yes. Well, they used to be. I don't. I think they retired them or something. Yeah. That's when I jumped off. When they get rid of the murder droids. Yeah. When they got rid of the murder droids, I stopped reading. But okay, so I it it's got to be before Jedi. But I don't know where at. Unless it's Life no longer. Unless it's jumped. I, I I think it's still around the same area. Yeah. Yeah. 
Life Day is an annual holiday celebrated by the Wookiees of the planet Kashyyyk. The holiday is a traditional mar- traditionally marked by a festival of stringing lights, colorful decor, music, food, and commemorative activities designed to celebrate the Wookiees' values of harmony, joy, and family. Um, and it's essentially Christmas. Very nice. And then finishing up with Darth Vader 18, which I, that one has to take place before it <laughs> Yeah. Good luck if you're all in. I mean, you probably have to be all in to, to make sense of all this stuff. you got to read them all, I think. You can pick and choose. If you're just stuck with your Vaders and stuff, they're pretty self-contained and... Yeah, or just stick with stick with the ones that are in a certain era. Era, or if you stuck with your higher republic, you're pretty much the same. It's just some of the other stuff. Looking at some of these other uh, covers here from the Stormbreakers, some neat ones. We talked about that fantastic four thirty eight one. Next generation of artists, but you know. Patrick Gleason, how long has he been cranking out <laughs> books? And he's an, uh, like a, it's like not like a rising star, is it? Kind of I is, I think. I think. I think that's what they're meaning. What RB? So I think mean, these people have been around. That can't be what that means. Patrick Gleason is a comic book artist. He is seventy-one years old. <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> <laughs> And then we had some all-agey Marvel Action Origins by writer Chris Eliopoulos. He used to be a letterer, right? That sounds right. I don't, I, I, I don't know a whole lot. About, I don't know my letterers as well as I should. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're slacking. There's the Charlie Houston uh, Moon Knight Run cover. Probably my least favorite, mm. if I'd have to be honest. Lots of cool omnibuses and trades and hardcovers and all kinds of neat stuff. That ends Marvel for me. Yeah, you're out when you get to the trades and hardcovers, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't do much in the collected edition stuff. Yeah. I mean, eventually, sometimes you got to go back and you're like, oh, I should, probably should have read that. <laughs> yeah, second-guessing you know, myself a lot. Yeah. I love that they they collected that Moon Knight arc as uh, Avengers Volume 7. It's a trade all by itself. That's kind of neat. I didn't realize it was that many issues. Must be. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just scrolling here just to see if anything jumps out at me. But yeah, it's you're right. It's nothing but hardcovers and trade paperbacks, and um, we're at a hundred pages. And what is that? Marvel design graphic design book. That's kind of neat. Like that. Other than that. That just about does it. 
for that. Let's head over and do our FOC. Um, hot off the presses, we just were able to get uh, the FOC from Eric. Uh, my email just came in a couple minutes ago. Uh, so let's take a look. No featured items. So let's. We don't care what he has to say then. We'll just slide on over. <laughs> we'll look at our stuff. What do we got here, Kyle, from DC on the FOC? Let's see, from DC on the FOC list. Uh, Arkham City, the Order of the World, number one. Dan Waters writing that. The Joker's attack on Arkham Asylum left the long-standing Gotham establishment in ruin. Oh, wow. Batman 114. That's really nice. That's a Jorge Molina cover. That's really cool. Those are always good. Lee Bermejo still doing God's work on these uh, B covers for Batman and Detective. And Batman the Imposter. Yeah, who's uh, writing that? Matson Tomlin. Bruce Wayne's mission as the Batman has only been underway for a year or so, but he can tell he's making a difference. Unfortunately, he's made some powerful enemies. All the traditional power brokers of Gotham resent the disruption the Batman has brought to town. And it seems one of them has a plan to neutralize him. There's a second Batman hunting Gotham's rooftops and alleys. And this one has no qualms about murdering criminals live and on tape. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Batman The Audio Adventures is an 80-page $10. Huh. Audio Adventures, huh? Interesting. DC Horror presents Soul Plumber, number one. From the creators of the last podcast on the left. Uh, so podcasters get another book. Go, go podcasters. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, exorcism just got a whole lot easier after attending a seminar hosted in a hotel conference room by a mysterious group called the Soul Plumbers. Edgar Wiggins, disgraced former seminary school student, discovers what he thinks is the secret to delivering souls from the thrall of Satan. But after stealing the blueprints and building the machine himself out of whatever he can afford from his salary as a gas station attendant... Edgar misses the demon and instead pulls out an interdimensional alien with dire consequences for all of mankind. Sounds like more comedy than a horror, but yeah. we'll see how it goes. Man, there's a lot of stuff from DC this week. Yeah, it's wacky, wacky, wacky stuff. Well, last week was kind of low, right? Yeah. Wasn't a ton. 
From from the Black Caravan imprint, we have Swamp Dogs, number one. House of Crows. J.M. Brandt and Theo uh, Presidious. 70s horror. Well, okay, that's going to be, that's Scout, technically. Sure. Yes, yes, true. Yeah, and that's all from our good folks at uh, DC. DC. See what do we got here uh, from? I'm just gonna go to image. Righteous thirst for vengeance, number one. Rick Remender. Yeah, those are great. That's well, kind of crazy. That was one of our big picks a while ago, wasn't it? We chalked that up. I think we talked about it. Yeah. But we have, uh, there's like five covers for that. Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Huh. All the way down to a 50 cover, or 50 copy incentive. Oh, really? Echo Lands, number one, going to a second print. So that's cool. That was, of course, the landscape format one. There, Kyle, there's a, an essential guide to comic book lettering so you can learn more about letterers since you don't yeah, know who letterers not are. not a bad idea. I there just you go. Need to memorize who these people are better. I'm not giving them the credit they deserve. Love those Walking Dead 24s. wonder what yeah. that comic shop variant is. Yeah, I couldn't get a, get a uh, cover on that yet. So I'm just like, hmm. Did I skip um, anything in IDW or Dark Horse? Not nothing too crazy. Star Wars, Higher Public Nine. Last week's pick was Last Flight Number One from Dark Horse, and Last Flight Number Two is on the FOC this week. Mm. Lots of Spider-Man 75. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. And there's that second Dark Ages. Really good. Eternal Celestia. And these are all... Um, all these links are... Penguin Random House links, right? Mm -hmm. New, so yeah, there's three different order codes now on our FOC um, spreadsheets, which is cool. It's getting tough. Yeah. Giant size finale to Immortal Hulk with this 50. We talked about the relaunch of Hulk uh, when we went through the previews a moment ago. Yeah, they're they slapping a $10 price tag on that. Uh, yep. Yeah. 
new printing for the Moon Knight hardcover. Dang. 125 bucks. Ouch. So Trail Shadows, High Republic Trail Shadows. Yeah, Trail of the Shadows. Trail of trail the Shadows. Of the sh yeah. Oh, okay. A Jedi Master is dead. Another is in a state of complete shock. It's a murder the likes of which the Jedi Order has never seen before. There are no leads. There are no suspects. There is no motive. But Jedi Investigator Emmerich Kavantor must solve the case before it's too late. The fate of the Jedi, the Huts, the Neil, and everyone else in the galaxy hangs by this tangling thread of lies and deceit. Emmerich will need to dive into the darkness, testing himself and his Jedi ideals like never before. He'll need help. Luckily, Private Eye Sian Holt lives in the dark. Together, they'll follow the trails of shadows wherever it leads. If they can work together, that is. Oh, so a little... um. Little crime noir in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. Emmerich Captor and Shion Holt. Very nice. Yeah. Which it looks like we're getting essentially first appearances of these pe peoples. Yeah. So, uh, so, so no time like the presence. Yeah, so that's kind of a cool wrinkle. They Hopefully just do, they don't die at the end. Yes, do every genre uh, within the Star Wars. <laughs> universe that's kind of cool b cover makes them look pretty cool uh, c cover makes them look really cool too yeah it just sucks because i don't know what these characters act actually look like because a b and c cover look like completely different characters i hate that really yeah that's crazy uh, that's awesome oh, where are the bounty hunters oh sorry no go ahead or the Bounty Hunters 5, the end of that five-issue series here and all of its crossovers. Um, and they are having all kinds of covers. Looks like it's about ten there. Um, including a really cool Lucasfilm 50th anniversary cover uh, with Anakin and uh, Ahsoka on the cover. I really like that. That's actually super nice. Yeah. Our action figure is Valance, but the damaged form of him. From AWA Studios, we get Out, number one, from Rob Williams. And this is a World War II story, but we're going to put a vampire in it. Ah. So, and a Nakona, and a Comanche language expert to communicate with the vampire. So... Interesting. Um, yeah. I kind of like it when they just l tell war stories without supernatural elements, but I, I get it. You've got to sell yeah. them somehow. Before James Tinian escapes to write pamphlets or whatever he's doing, we have House <laughs> of Slaughter, number one from Boom Studios. Discover the inner workings of the House of Slaughter in this new horror series exploring the secret history of the order that forged... Erica Slaughter into the monster hunter she is today. Okay, so it's a prequel? Deep dive into the world of something is killing the children in this first story arc by co-creator James Tinian IV 
and co-writer Tate Bromball. So, okay. So this is kind of a spin-off of uh, something is killing the children, and we don't know if it's a one-shot or how many we're getting. Yeah. But you're in. Heck yeah. Now it's just uh, a matter of finding which of these covers uh, suits your fancy, because there are a ton of ratios, including a 1,000 copy. Leave it to Boom. But boy, that 1,000 copy of Del Auto is really, really good. <laughs> it's a really good cover. Oh, they show it? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. And, and there are Del Auto people. Yep. But they got to spend, ouch, a lot of yeah. money to get that yeah. bad boy. But wow. Boom's fully returnable. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so really, why should I have to pay... <laughs> Twelve hundred bucks for for the one in one thousand. Why don't you just just order the twelve hundred the the thousand mm -hmm. copies, send them back, give me my house of slaughter for free. Yep, I think that's how it should work. What's what's shipping on a thousand copies of a book? You know, doubt. Gotta be a, gotta be a lot. That's, yeah. that's like two long boxes, right? That's more than that's like three long boxes. Mm-hmm. Blaze is doing Sumerian Beyond Black River number one. They're getting into the uh incentive game with a one in forty, one in fifty. Ah. Looks like Dynamite has found yet another character to uh, endlessly publish covers of. Jennifer Blood. Yeah. It, I like that they started a seven-copy FOC incentive. Interesting. <laughs> so it so it's exclusive to FOC, but you still got to buy seven of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's a FOC eleven-copy incentive. Really cool. Well, I'm going to check out the cosplay. You know, for research. For research purposes. Hello. Actually, that seven copy FOC is a really good cover. That Yoon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Curious how Red Sonia sold. Um,. It's already in the second printing, so it must have done pretty well. Drew, you know me. I love my Aftershock, right? Sure. So our good friend Brian Buccioletto is writing an Aftershock comic called Chicken Devil, number one. With art by Hayden Sherman. It's our good friend, Brian Buccioletto? Sure, why not? Okay. Mitchell Moss is about as regular as it gets. He's married with two children and co-owns a successful chain of Memphis hot chicken restaurants. 
It's not the life that screams hero slash vigilante until he discovers that his business partner is in bed with the mob and owes them two million dollars. Unfortunately, Mitch is ill-equipped to be a badass. He's just a guy who makes really good chicken. Can he protect his family from cold-blooded gangsters? Absolutely not. But maybe the chicken devil can. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I'm in. You're in. It's Aftershock. It's Chicken Devil. <laughs> I mean, I like na- I like hot chicken. Uh, look at look at your boy Black Mask with white number four. <clears throat> They're going to allocate issue four as well. How many people can they screw over Black Mask? We've been <laughs> pulling up with your ever-present BS for nearly half a decade now. Uh, uh, Why why are we allocating four? Do we know? Why are we... Why? Why? I mean, we didn't allocate two and three, did we? No. (laughs) This one, issue four is now limited to 2,500. Is this like... I don't know why they do this stuff. Is this to create some kind of scarcity? It worked with issue one, but will not work with issue four. But at the at the sake of the people that support them, it's just come on, peoples. Yeah. Dirtbag Rapture number one. Where's Chris, the first two? Chris Sabella. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Christopher Sabella on doing the writing, Kindle Good on art. Uh, yeah, Dirtbag Rapture. She's stoned, she's selfish, she's all that stands between us and the end of the world. Oh no. I haven't wanted a Oni Press book for a while, so this would be something interesting. I might might look into this one. Rick and Morty presents Snuffles Goes to War, number one. Dun, dun, dun. And that is it, Correct. Correct, that is all I need to find within the FOC. So a few cool things there to make yeah. sure you pick up. Yeah, and because um, Kyle didn't stop me, I went out of order. Yeah, you were in the wrong order. You screwed everything up, but who am I to tell you? Well, you're my brother and co-host. Oh, yeah, also true. Also true. Yes. So, um, but I don't know that we got... Uh, we got a cover price top 10, right? But we didn't get the runners-up, did we? Yes, we did. Do you have the Do you have the Do you have the runners up? I have. I do. I have everything. Okay. Do you have them? Uh, I. You go ahead and do the top ten, and I'll figure it out. Gotcha. And then when you can't find the runners up, I'll do those as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Knew those, it. Found them. <laughs> At rank ten, we have special Marvel edition number five. From 1973, this week we had a new record sale of a CGC 9.8 copy of Shang-Chi's first appearance in Marvel Special Edition number 15 with the release of his well-received new movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It was a perfect timing for this book to sell. 35 copies moved on the uh, on the extra market with a high sale of $20,050 <laughs> for a CGC 9.8. This beat out the prior record of 15700 
from June of this year, a respectable jump of over 27% in just two and a half months. I would say so, yes. That's pretty good. Pretty respectable. There you go. At rank 9, we have Ghost Rider 28. What more can we say about this stuff? This was from 1992. Midnight Suns, Danny Catch, blah, blah, blah. Um, still moving 38. There are 31 copies on the secondary market. CGC 9.8 is going for $550. Uh, the newsstand version also had a big sale of $860 for a 9.8. At rank 8, we have Werewolf by Night, number 1. Uh, of course, this is the one from last year. As noted last week, Variety is reporting that Marvel Studios is searching for a Latino actor to lead an untitled Halloween special for Disney+. Plus. Um, so we assume we've got this Jake Gonzalez, Werewolf by Night, blah, blah, blah. $55 for a Raw. At rank 7, we have the New Avengers number 7 from 2005. Speculation believes that we are already seeing the groundwork of Marvel's Illuminati eventually appearing. Their first appearance is in this issue, helping it move 22 copies. A high sale of $86 for a CGC 9.6. At rank 6, Spawn 321, the 1 in 50 Bjorn Baroness Virgin variant. Between the heaviest print Spawn Universe number 1 and King Spawn number 1 and all of their covers, stores may be feeling a tad burnt out from some of the Spawn, causing stores to order a little more cautiously for the ongoing Core series, which gives this variant the perfect chance to fly under the radar. Moving 50 copies on the secondary market um, and $120 for a raw already. Uh, Noctera, number one, as noted per Scott Snyder on Twitter. So huge news. Tony S. Daniels and I just found out Nocturna TV deal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 68 copies of the regular cover A, uh, $30 for raw and 110 for a CDC 9.8. Yeah, there's a lot at, of those out there. Yeah. At rank four, Oblivion Song. As noted, Deadline is reporting that Oscar nominee Jake Gyllenhaal is set to produce and star in Oblivion Song, a film based on the acclaimed series of graphic novels by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo de la Felici. Due to this, Oblivion Song has been on fire, moving 55 copies on the secondary market, and a CGC 9.8 going for $200. Uh, at rank three, we have Noctera number one. This time, the Glow in the Dark Tony Daniels cover. Um, high sale of $167 for CGC 9.8 and $28 for Raw. Uh, there's also one in 100 sketch variants. There's secret visor variants. There's, there's a bunch of stuff for Nocturna out there. Uh, the Jock cover B is selling well. Uh, Raws are only going for about $14 and $150 for CGC 9.8, but it's still moving. 40 copies there. And at rank number one, we have Star Slayer number two from 1982 from Pacific Comics. With the recent announcement of the on-screen resurrection of the Rocketeer through Disney+, Plus, the first appearance of Rocketeer in Star Slayer 2 is still trending this week. Uh, with a Rocketeer backup story and a full backup cover spread by Dave Stevens. Moving 66 copies on the secondary market. Um, and a high sale of $565 for CGC 9.8. So some more staying power for the Rocketeer. Yeah. Um, Harbinger number one from Valiant, and, uh, 1992 Valiant, 
uh, ranks came in at rank 11. So this made an appearance um, because all the Valiant books from this era are flying off the digital shelves. So uh, last week there was a massive boost in quantity and price for key Valiant books, specifically Harbinger, Man of War, Ninjak, and Turok. There have been no announcements or recent Valiant news, though this is much market this much market movement typically means someone knows something and is buying up the high grade copies before the news hits. If you recall what it is. If you recall, Paramount currently holds the content rights for several of Valiant's properties. Does this mean a Paramount Plus announcement is just around the corner? Time will tell. Or was this just a weird flurry of purchases from Valiant fans with money to burn? Regardless, this book had the highest trend and sold 15 copies and a high sale of $1,500 for a CGC 9.8. Uh, rank 12, we have Amazing Spider-Man 544. Uh, collectors are starting to slow down on the One More Day No Way Home spec, despite selling 34 copies and had a high sale of 330 with for a CGC 9.8. This is still down from the 75 copies sold last week. Rawls have also dropped to around $14. Uh, but 500 for a 9.8 ain't bad. No, uh, not at all. Uh, second print for Noctera number one. Uh, all the low-hanging and affordable copies of Noctera disappeared, including this second print. It sold for 24 copies at a high sale of $30 for a raw. Uh, rank 14, we had Devil Dinosaur number one from 1978. With the recent Marvel Comics announcement of a new Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur series set, as part of their upcoming events through February 2022, uh, we saw a nice bump in sales for Devil Dinosaur number one, um, the first appearance of Devil Dinosaur. Uh, this I book, cannot wait to see what that does when uh, that show finally hits. Yes. Uh, this book has also been a fan favorite with the fantastic Jack Kirby cover and the feel-good story of a boy helping nurse a badly burned dinosaur back to health. This issue was regularly floating around the $20 to $40 mark for higher-grade copies, but this past week we saw a 26 copy sell, had a high raw sale of $179 and $550 for a CGC 9.8. At rank uh, 15, we had Dark Ages number one, the Ryan Stegman one in 50. Uh, it sold 16 copies, had a high sale of $86 for a raw. Amazing Spider-Man 546 from 2008. Uh, there's in the Spider-Man trailer for No Way Home. There was a blink and you'll miss it shot of a delivery truck with Feast on the side. F E A S T. This led many to the obvious conclusion that if Feast exists in the MCU, then so does Martin Lee, A.K.A. Mr. Negative. While Mr. Negative had a cameo appearance in the 2007 Amazing Spider-Man. Free Comic Book Day for Swing Shift issue. His full appearance as both Martin Lee and Mr. Negative are in this issue. More directly, it also features the first appearance of Feast. This quick reference helped move 25 copies um, with, for a high sale of $80 for a CGC 9.6. Will we see him in No Way Home? Probably not. This is just a fun Easter egg. Uh, rank 17, Dark Hawk number 1. The 1 in 25 Miko Swayan variant from 2021. Uh, the new Dark Hawk series piqued many collectors' interests, and all the variants seem to be selling well, especially the Mike Diodata Jr. 1 in 50, 
which is selling for 80 to 100 for raw. However, this one in 25 is a little more accessible and sold 29 copies and had a high sale of $40 for raw. At rank 18, we have Amazing Spider-Man 365 from 1992. This is the this is the first appearance of um, Spidey 2099, right? Yes. Yes. Um, 17 copies sold and had a CGC 9.8 go for 140. At rank 19, we have Bloodshot number 6 from 1993. As we mentioned uh, earlier, there was a surge of key Valiant comics selling recently. This first appearance of Colin King whose first as Ninjak is in issue 7, is one of those. It sold 12 copies, had a uh, high sale of $80 for a CGC 9.8. And at rank 20, we had Spider-Man number 1. Um, persistent rumors that Miles could show up in Far From Home, maybe as a post credit scene. With that expectation, collectors are investing in the first time Miles and Peter meet in this issue sold 20 copies and had a high sale of 55 dollars for a raw good stuff there yeah and now because i did stuff out of order we have to go right into cover price <laughs> no we go right into our good friends at comicbookinvest.com and look at the hot 10 from cover price nope we just did cover price no that was that was comics heating up, wasn't it? Which is where we get our cover price numbers. Oh. Yeah, thanks, man. Just ignore me. <laughs> so just for you, I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, I'm going backwards from 10, just for fun. At rank 10, we have Infinite Frontier number 6, the Puppeteer Lee. Uh, 1 in 25 variant. Selling mildly above ratio at around 35 to $40. Word of advice, this can still be had at Midtown for about 22 bucks, which only strengthens my case that eBay prices and the market has spoken are both kind of suspect if you are only using eBay as your barometer for everything. Uh, a really incredible dark side cover, though. Wow, that is nice. The Me You Love in the Dark, number one, the second print Jorge Corona 1 in 20 variant. Currently going between 35 and 50. This happens almost every week now. These second print incentives. I don't know where this will end up when it's all said and done, to be honest. But why not just keep reprinting keys forever? At rank 8, we have Spider-Man number 546 from our good friend Dan Slott and Steve McNiven. 9.8s were just selling for around $125 a few weeks ago. Now close to 300 Go ahead and throw fire on the what is the real first appearance fire argument. Anyway, try and find the book market value or sketch if you are looking for a challenge. Oh, we, we you and I talked about Life is Strange uh, not too long ago, Drew, and how uh, its popularity seems to be good in the secondary market. Yeah. At rank 7, we have the first Life is Strange. A 9.8 going for $500. $80 for a raw, which is up from the 50 previously i guess with true colors being released on xbox and ps5 interest has picked up for this fairly difficult book to find there are def there has definitely been a switch from hate to love in video game comics over the past few years and we've seen that from a lot of neat titan stuff um to uh the life is strange items from all that so titan doing good with their comic book 
or their video game comic books. Yeah. At rank six, we have X-Men number 19, the John Tyler Christopher White variant. Was pre-selling for around $200. Now it is live and is selling for around $150, which is still five times the initial buy-in for it. Has anyone figured out the comic niche market more than Mr. J.T.C.? Maybe Brian Paldino. At rank five, we have Harbinger number one. The on-off darling from the 90s is back on again with 9.8s back up to between $1,400 and $1,500. Rank four, we talked about Spawn 321, the Bjorn Barons 1 in 50 Virgin variant. Uh, an incentive to kind of buck the trend, only mildly selling above ratio upon release last week around $75, is now up to 125 Really want to know what Spawn fans do for a living because they seem to have all the money. And just for you, Drew, at rank three, Incredible Hulk 181. This is here is the only reason to highlight an $84,000 9.8 sale this week. Which shattered the prior all-time record of sixty thousand back in February. For reference, however, most other grades are steady or actually going down. Don't like putting books on here like this, on on this list, as they are pretty much hot every single day, week, and month. You will always find movement on this, but that's just too big of a jump. Yeah. At rank two, we have Sandman number twenty-five. Because of news of HBO's show for Dead Boy Detectives, which are first seen here in issue 25, the price jumped from 20 bucks to over 50 Even the Essential Vertigo version is selling well. And at rank 9, Invincible Iron Man number 9, uh, the Chris Tricote variant. See, haters, while I may have an opinion, I stay unbiased on when making this list. There are all kinds of books that we put on this list that we don't always agree with. Anyways, a 9.8 for $5,000 and $2,300 for a 9.6. That's why it's in the top 10. Crossing our fingers that Dominique Torn will crush the role. There's clearly a lot of people hoping as well. And we will jump down to some of our honorable mentions, where we're going to talk about Shang-Chi number four, uh, the one in 50 ratio variant that just came out. Um, 50 to $75, the Shang-Chi movie appears to be a, re a resounding success. Would expect a slow wave of collectors to start picking up some of the less than plentiful variants for this comic that is out there. And in our crazy old off-the-wall love here, we have Suspense Comics number 11, Jack Crooks the Iron, L.B. Cole on the cover. There is no way that we could leave off this PCH classic this week. The Lone 9.8 from the Promise Collection sold this week for $132,000. While there were other books that sold for more, the price on this dwarfs all other sales with the highest ever being an 8.5 that sold for 14k last year. That's Man, awesome. That Let's is awesome. Promise collection stuff. Oh, no kidding. That is cool. I'm sure it's been captured. Uh, there's got to be like a documentary on it at some point. I want to watch. I'm hoping. Yeah. And to see all the books and what they look like you know, up close and personal. That'll be sweet. 
There we go, Drew. We've seen all the hot books, what's going on on the eBay market. We've looked into the future with our preview selection. We've looked into the futures with our FOC. But, Drew, let's look at what's going to happen just next week. Let's go into our sneak peek. Start with our DC items for next week and see what we can find. Yeah. We'll start with DC and... Um... See, is is this Urban Legends the one where anything's going to happen with uh, Tim? The legend of Batman only begins with Bruce Wayne. For centuries to come, different people will take up the mantle of Batman and defend the times they're living in from all forms of villainy. You see, four of the finest bats of the future that may be offered. In Neo-Gotham, Bruce Wayne lies murdered in the Batcave. Terry McGinnis, Bruce Wayne's final protege will travel the dark hearts of Neo-Gotham to find who killed the greatest city so of the no. hero. Yeah, so we got a bunch of different stuff here, but it doesn't look like anything uh, will continue on from uh, the issue six. Yeah. I know that's coming up. I just can't remember what number. Yeah. We're still doing Future State. Now we're doing Future State Gotham number wow. five. I forgot, yeah. I forgot about that. That's still happening. Yeah. We're going to launch uh, Harley Quinn's The Animated Series, The Eat, Bang, Kill Tour, number one. There you go. We got Harley and Poison Ivy making out on the front cover. Mm-hmm. And I am Batman number one uh, with a Greg Capullo cardstock B. And an Olivia Coipel A that's also super good. And a friggin' Matina C. Holy crap. Yeah, they're 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 really nice. A lot of great Joker Joker covers for number seven that are awesome. Yeah. That Simone yeah, that, Bianchi's amazing. Yeah, love that cover B of uh, Punchline. There, we've had a lot of Punchline covers, but I still really like them. Justice League '67, Alexander Lozano on the cardstock, a beautiful cover. Oh, we're going to finish up Rorschach with this final issue. Can't wait for that. And uh, we got a second issue of Pennyworth. Feels like this was... Um, God, I feel like it's been a while since I got that read that first issue, but maybe not. Maybe it's only been a month. Titans United, number one, by Cave and Scott. The Titans face their greatest challenge, their own powers. Nightwing, Donna Troy, Superboy, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, and Red Hood kick off a thrilling new case that will lead one of their own to question not only their place in the team, but their very existence. Yeah. Nightwing gets the solo cover for cover B on Titans United. B, yeah. Not too shabby. All right. Let's head on over to Previews World and find what we got there. Starting in our good friends at Image. Primordial number one being the big thing. Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino. This is a six-issue miniseries. Mind-bending sci-fi collides with Cold War Thriller. By the best-selling Eisner Warren Grinning creative team behind Gideon's Falls. 
1957, the USSR launched the dog Laika into Earth's orbit. Two years later, the U.S. responded with two monkeys, Abel and Baker. These animals never returned, but unbeknownst to everyone, they did not die in orbit. They were taken, and now they're coming home. Huh, interesting. That is a weird comic idea. I like it, though. Yeah. Trade paperback for Stray Dogs uh, here. Um, Stray Dogs 1 through 5, all collected here for $17 from Image. Of course, we wish it uh, was 10 but oh well. Um, <laughs> I wonder if all the covers are in there as well. Time before Time, before time 5... Oh, scumbag 10, Walking Dead 23, good stuff. Slide down to IDW. We were excited about the monster of Temple Peak, that Star Wars High Republic oh, yeah. adventures uh, that launched the first issue. So mm -hmm. curious how the second one does. Think Might the first as well one get these well. little four-issue series. We're going to have uh, first appearances by people, and you just never know what they're going to end up doing. So just do them all. Get them all. Yes, it's not yeah. that much. Gotcha. Marvel's launching um, a great Black Widow with uh, number 11. Adam Hughes. Is Adam Hughes on the cover? Man, that's great. Is that the one that uh, Cowabunga has something for as well? Oh, maybe. They do so many now, I can't keep them straight. Mm -hmm. We decided this Fantastic Four thirty five is is like a legacy too, right? Yeah, sixty mm -hmm. years. Sixty, 60 years. years. Yeah. Last, Last Annihilation Wakanda number one. Crazy cover. And there's Star Wars Bounty Hunters Boosh. Number one. <laughs> yeah, but that's of course our bounty hunter who Leia took over the suit of in Jedi. Vampire. Web of Spider-Man finishes up with its fifth issue. dynamite tons of covers nothing that strikes my fancy though so I'm down to boom and looking mm -hmm. at ma number one from Jude Ellison S. Doyle and A.L. Captain and remember eat the rich going to a second print we don't get to see it but there she is oh okay 
Uh, Maul looks pretty good. I still want oh, those. All those covers are not created equal. Kind of like the second one, the best. <laughs> the B cover, the best. Yeah, I like the B as well. Go down to our smaller publishers. From Scout Comics, we have Mullet Cop number one. Huh. By Tom Lintern. After a near-death experience, a mall cop goes undercover of a as a manager at an all-you-can-eat buffet with the help of his co-workers and a supercomputer microwave called MITT the mall industries 2000 he takes on crime boss Robo Gran or Robo Granny and her gang of thugs that's right mullet cop <laughs> from behemoth we have nobody's child number one Massimo Rossi um, writing that and Ramiro Barallo with the art in an unspecified time in the future it is discovered that within a special breed of albino rhinoceroses there is a genetic code that holds the properties to regenerate man that can cure all disease even those super serious as a result in a short period of time this albino rhino becomes nearly extinct leaving just one sabium enter bakari a boy dealing with his own devastation who now decides to dedicate his life to protecting this last rhino Say it three times for me, Drew. Albino Rhino. Albino Rhino. <laughs> I'm still looking at, staring at the mullet cop. <laughs> Red Room number one getting a second print. Very as cool. Red Room number four comes out. That is cool. I wish we could see what it looked like. White number one going to a third print, but it doesn't matter because they're not going to let you get issue four. <laughs> White number three available in a very cool cover, but it doesn't matter. White number three is uh, limited to 2500 as well, True. Oh, is it? So they were all yeah. allocated, I guess? Remember when I picked Unicorn number one as my pick of the week? Well, it goes yeah. to a second printing from Scouts. Good Gold call, then. Yeah. Good call. All right, Drew. This is the point where we ask for your pick of the week. What's the one thing to make sure you've got in your stack? Because it's going to go and blow up on the secondary market. And we don't want to have to chase it down on the secondary market, Drew. What you got? I'm going to go with Maw number one. M-A-W number one from Boom Studios. And just for fun, I'm going to do mullet cops because I would kick myself if I didn't. Yeah, what was the last goofy one that you picked that blew up? Uh, Stabity Bunny. It was Stabity Stab Stab Bunny. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It ended up blowing up. Because I tell you what, if I'm walking through an LCS and I see mullet cops, I'm going to yoink. Thank you. Put it in my stack. Yeah. 
Good stuff. So I want to thank you for tagging along with Drew and myself through all of our adventures today through Comics Be Them. Secondary market, the futures, or things coming out this very next week. All of our information can be found on Patreon, Comics for Fun and Profit. We appreciate you tagging along with us so far. For Drew and for myself, see ya.